Dominic Lawton can be wild. Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult. There's quite a few shits in that film, actually. There's uh, we get stuck on the inside of uh, a monster, and uh, there's loads of shit people in there. Uh, like bad people. Uh, no, no, no. Actual turds. <laughs> yeah, it's like an arse, a big arse, and they they uh, they coax in a dick monster to shag it. What the hell are you talking it's a about? It's true. It's true. Honestly, you've got to see the films. Flesh Gordon. It's not for kids. <laughs> <laughs> Is bloody Brian Blessed in that? <laughs> no, I don't think he's in this one, unless he played the dick monster. <laughs> It's just a large dick that rams into the hole and they all escape due to the anus. Moving on. um, (laughs) This week, we are covering the 1987 film Rotor. Rotor. 25 years in the future, the ultimate weapon against crime will be the judge, jury, and executioner. And it will not be human. But here, the future has already arrived 25 years too soon. Impossible! Robotic. It's okay, honey, it's a police officer. Officer. (laughs) Tactical. Operation. Research. Rotor. Its prime directive. To judge. And to execute. Anything that stands in its way. The rotor walked through a busload of nuns to get to a jaywalker. The perfect police officer. It won't stop. Prototype of what is to come. But pray it never comes to this. He's programming himself. An unstoppable force. Without flesh and blood. Rotor. This uh, this this film's available on Blu-ray. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's incredible. I might actually buy it on Blu-ray as well. <laughs> I don't know if there's any special like uh, extras on it or not, but uh, yeah, why not? To be honest with you, I actually did enjoy watching this. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Uh, did you see the artwork of the film? Yes. It's uh, Mad Max. Yeah, yeah, it makes it look brilliant, doesn't it? it? Does. Yeah. I guess, like, you know, back in the day, you know, when video rentals were a popular thing. You yeah, know, it's that's all they had. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly what, you, what Ken's just said there. That's all they had to market the film. So you're walking along looking at all these titles and you see a great front cover. That's how we used to pick films to rent. And this one's just literally uh, copied the Mad Max front cover and just flipped him the other way, I think. Yeah, just put a robot face on it. Yeah, because it looks nothing like the guy who's actually in this as the as Rotor. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. 
And they say it's this widely considered to just be a low budget copycat of uh, Robocop and Terminator, which is obviously popular at the time. So the movie begins and it says today's headlines, murder, rape, robbery and arson. <laughs> yeah, it's not much detail on the news these days. Tomorrow's solution, rotor. <laughs> Robotic officer, tactical operation research. Just random words. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything, as I said. Yeah, it's got research on the end, which means it's not a solution at all. It's being researched. It's not ready. Yeah, We know it's not ready. And what they've done to save, like, having to shoot anything, they've, they've just put it into a handy paragraph just to get us up to date. Yeah. And it says, uh, our objective was to build the perfect cop of the future, a machine programmed to overcome any obstacle, to combat the crimes and corruption which threaten the very existence of our society. But... Yeah, there's always a big but. Something went horribly wrong. Then we cut to the... Straight K- in. Yeah, straight in. <laughs> the K-Rock Chopper. It's DJ Doug Dugri. <laughs> uh, he says, anybody who is anybody is heading towards the lake. Hey, everybody, it's five minutes before the big hour of five o'clock here on Frantic Friday. We're rocking and rolling and shooting those big 45s out at you here on KROK FM driving home time. Everybody's crowding out of downtown Big D, so let's go to our KROK guy in the sky, Doug Dugan, doing it, doing it in the power 106 FM K-Rock Chopper. Hey, Doug, what's it look like from up there? Hey, big buddy. Things are getting pretty jammed up down there. 75 Central Expressway is backed up all the way to LBJ. And I-35 northbound is back. Because everybody who is anybody is headed toward the lake. This is Doug Dugan. And that's the Whirlybird's eye view of the K-Rec Report. Drive carefully, Dallas. There we hear a couple in the car, um, ready for a quiet, peaceful weekend at the lake. No phones, no computers. Uh, that is until an explosion happens. Yeah. <laughs> And there's smoke billowing out. And uh, we see a man, he's very slowly moving a woman on the ground. Yeah, just sort of like nudging her a bit. Yeah. You know, like manual handling, see how heavy she is, if he can safely move her. Yeah, he's got a badge. Yeah. He has got a badge. He's got his library card. And he says, uh, call the police. And then a guy with a shotgun comes out of nowhere and just says, this guy killed a motorcycle cop. I seen it. Yeah. So Paul, even the, the guy's called Paul, he does go and call the cops. He was told to, so he does. And we get a caption telling us what time it is and what day it is. This is in the film for the whole duration. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very, very, like, I don't know. It's not, it seems to be very specific what day and what time it is, but there's no reason for any of it. There's one scene where um, you get told the de- where they are about three times, even though we'd never leave the location. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's Friday anyway. It's 7.30pm. Oh. So it's a bit late, really, to be heading to the lake, isn't it? Yeah, also, it was like it was early morning, wasn't it? And... Uh, by yeah. the time the police are there and arrested him, it's 7.30pm. Where yeah. the hell have they been? <laughs> They're just cuffing the guy now at 7.30. Is the guy with the shotgun still standing there as well, waiting for the cops? He keeps just repeating his line. <laughs> I've seen it, I tell I've you. I've seen him. This old boy just killed a motorcycle cop. I've seen it. I like the two detectives we meet. One of them's full-on cowboy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um... Is he, Brooks is one of them, I think. I don't know. I think one of them's called Brooks. Brooks and Billy the Kid. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, we're going into division with this one. Yes. Yeah, which doesn't mean anything again. That's what the police are just called, division or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They put him in the back. At this point, I was like, who the hell? What the hell's going on in this film? So they put him in the back and he says, uh, you can have a shower and a shave downtown and uh, just relax. And uh, the guy in the back just says, huh, yeah, sure, smiling. Yeah, him. yeah, because he, he tells him to buckle up for safety. 
Yeah. It's going to be a long night. And he says, sure, you bet. Like he doesn't even believe it's going to be a long night. Yeah. Or, or believes in safety. Yeah, we get a voiceover, which you better get used to because there's a lot of it in this film. <laughs> this is a cracking opening, though. <laughs> My name is Cold Iron, Barrett Cold Iron. It turns out this man is Barrett Cold Iron. My name is Cold Iron, Barrett Cold Iron. <laughs> at which, which point, he should have been like, what? No, it isn't. <laughs> no one's called that. <laughs> That's nobody's name, you madman. I'm a captain with the Dallas Police Department in charge of their tactical operations lab. Two days ago, I was considered one of the leaders in the field of police robotics. Uh, I mean, I, I used to be in that field, actually. Uh, I was quite low in the police robotics division. <laughs> you were quite low in the field. <laughs> yes, I was. Yeah, I was in a hole. <laughs> what sort of area of the police robotics department? How high up are they, do you think? <laughs> when in it Dallas. Com- when it comes to the police force. Yeah. What What department? Uh, robotics. He's like, what? <laughs> Today I'm thought of as a modern-day Dr. Frankenstein. Objective was pure enough to make the streets of the city a little safer, where gangs of punks, dope dealers, and the rest of society's scum could be effectively controlled and hopefully eradicated. A controlled army of police robots could stop the slaughter of the hundreds of policemen who sacrifice their lives every year in the protection of those they serve. But how do you stop a killing machine gone berserk with only a go button and no compassion? This battle may have been lost, but the war continues. There's just too much at stake to give up now. A way must be found to protect society from itself. Still another chance. Maybe it can be done. Just maybe. He's very, uh, you know, he likes to look, you know, away from Cameron and contemplate all these sorts yeah, of yeah. questions. A lot, a lot of it is that. He's just thinking it. Mis- yeah. Mystical. Sort of thing, you know, just really deep, profound. Uh, police headquarters, 10 p.m. We get that again, just along the bottom of the screen. And uh, Dr. Cold Iron, which sounds like a fucking wrestler from the 80s or something. He's being inter- interrogated by uh, two pencil pushers. Yeah, and it is one of the worst interrogations I've ever seen. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like they don't actually know what they're supposed to be saying to each other or him. Yeah. It's like the whole thing. They've just been told to yeah, just interrogate him and they had to make it up. We can gain entry into every classified paper in the tactical operations lab, Dr. Coldiron. We'd rather get it from you, though. Make no mistake. We will do so in any event. Talk or not. It leads us into a flashback. I mean, uh, this uh, Dr. Coldiron, uh, he's obviously taken a creative writing class because when he does his voiceover now, he says, Last Thursday, my life was a hell of a lot simpler. The day started just like any other day. A fresh October morning breeze blew across the ranch. The cattle were coming in for the morning feeding. And a buttery morning sunlight painted a golden glow through the ranch house windows. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> Barrett Coldeye, a new son of a bitch. Yeah. He's a goddamn poet. If I'd have known then what was about to happen, I'd have almost shit. Now he says, <laughs> I'd have never crawled out of bed. He hardly crawls out, though. He's up He's up, up. straight up an atom. Yeah, we get some coffee being made. Yeah, it's 5am. His alarm goes off at 5am. <laughs> but he, and, this is how yeah. badass he is. Yeah, and when he gets out of bed, it's 4.50am. <laughs> 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 the 
Because <laughs> he makes his own rules. We've had a flashback to 10 minutes into the future. <laughs> he makes his own rules. So, yeah, I think he's up before his alarm goes off. It sounded like Ballroom Blitz was about to start playing. Yeah, this is, there's a cockerel crowing as well. And then we get some sort of cheesy rock slash country song. Yeah. And it, all of it plays. It starts like... I thought, holy shit, is he going to wake up to Ballroom Blitz? Is it going to be like a snap? That was a hell of an alarm, isn't it? Yeah. I was thinking like, God, this will remind Ken of when he watched that one with... I've got the power during the... What was that? <laughs> the perfect weapon. Perfect weapon. Well, he does a workout. Does a martial arts training routine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, to the song "I've Got the Power" by Snap. <laughs> <laughs> it was better than a ballroom blitz. Was, that would have been brilliant. All over the place. Yeah. Cold Iron. He wakes up. He puts on his ice blue jeans and his tan cowboy boots. The same way we all do, Ken. Yeah. I did it. Heads into his fridge for some orange juice to wash down his pills. I had a little look in his fridge. Uh, I've written down what I could see. We've got carrots, mm-hmm. tomato ketchup, mm. bit of ranch dressing. Yeah, well, he's on a ranch. Makes sense. <laughs> and a urine sample, I think. <laughs> he's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> he's covered all of them, all yeah. the bases. None, none of that's unusual. No, no other food, though, just carrots. Carrots yeah. and ketchup for tea again. Yeah. Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> he takes the carrots. He's going to have one for breakfast, along with his coffee with what looks like about 17 sugars he puts in there. And yeah, uh, he's a cop. A, a nice long shot of... Uh, the horse eating some grass. Yeah. Cold iron slowly walks over. I think it takes about a minute for him yeah, to Yeah, it, it's unnecessary, isn't it? That It's just a bit of padding, really. Just walking. And I think the horse actually starts drinking the coffee from his mug at one point. Yeah, and he laughs about all that. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's like a, some sort of romantic comedy at this point. It's just like, what's he doing? This, yeah. is, this is awful. They're setting the scene that this is just like every other normal day, I think. I yeah, it wouldn't happen every day, would it? <laughs> I like how he's got his cowboy hat on now as well. Basically, Cold Iron is a cowboy um, scientist detective. Yeah. <laughs> it's his... Yeah, it's, it's the old classic stereotype. <laughs> We've been there many times. He's, he's going along um, on his horse, and I'm guessing at this point the American viewers, they're line dancing, they're hee-hawing, he's, yeah. they're uh, shooting their guns into the air at yeah. this point. Whooping. Whooping and a hollering. And a hollering, of course. We watch him blow up a tree. Yeah, with, with a with a bit of string. He's got a lasso. He lassoes a tree and explodes it. Yeah. Clever. It's pretty good. Useless. So, it you know, I don't know why we need to blow up trees. Clearing these stumps for pasture land has always been a chore. In the past, I've always used nitro or dynamite. This new primer cord explosive lets me practice my rope and at the same time it blows the stumps away. Hmm. Guess I better go back to straight nitro. My next note, Ken, is fucking hell, it's a robot with a police hat on it. Give, yeah. Giving the janitor a cool handshake and dance. Yeah, I hate that character. This yeah. robot is such a dick. Yeah, I hate him. Yeah, because we we get the um, we get the music and everything, but we also get another voiceover just telling us stuff that's yes, you know, it's hard to tell. Separate the boys from the toys. Yeah, yeah, and that, what he means by that is there's a fucking robot with a hat on. <laughs> You've really sold it there. Do, Ken. Do, doing a stupid dance with some janitor bloke who doesn't clean anything, just walks in with a mop, does a dance, and leaves. Gives him a handshake, a little like yeah, you know, safe. 
Uh, yeah, this thing looks like a sort of Doctor Who villain, but also kind of like a chopping mall robot. It's got that look. Yeah, he's he's worse than the bloody Rocky robot <laughs> when he bought Paulie a rock a bloody robot. It's worse than that, and it's 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 bullshit. That robot talks like a human, like it's got emotions and stuff, and it's, I hate it. Well, it's got a hat. Well, he has got a hat. I'll give it that. A policeman's hat. Yeah, it's perched on the top of his fucking head. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's on wheels as well, by the way. It's not actually a walking robot. Yeah. Yeah, it is on wheels. Yeah. Um, we see Cold Eye and he heads up to a meeting. And- yeah, he gives us some technical nonsense. Uh, this this happens a lot as well, yeah. where they just talk. It's just bullshit. I was trying to write some of it down, but I thought, fuck it's, it. It's just, anyway, it's so. just made up rubbish about um, like science and robotics and stuff that doesn't mean anything to even people who actually do this for a living. Yeah. But yeah, it's... Yeah, and he says, he says, you know, I hope they brought the hydrogenated wheat germ and desiccated liver this time. That was just lunch, I think. That's that's what somebody <laughs> says. It's like, this is dialogue. And the robot asks why. And he says, for the handball game, son, don't ask stupid questions. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? the hell are they I still don't about? know what that means. No. And then when they walk off, this robot says, I got your handball game right here, pal. <laughs> Yeah, and then shows him his little robot balls. <laughs> yeah, and just feel like there's a little shake of them. <laughs> They're like those, you know, those um, things in a psychiatrist's office. That yeah, like... the, the ones that just clack, clack, clack together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he does that Does that for 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, 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 we have the meeting. He shows us a video of, I'm not joking you, the fucking goofiest <laughs> looking robot. This is after he puts on his sunglasses for the meeting. Yeah, he does. <laughs> fucking hell. And declares... Declares we scientists are prognosticators of the future. He's, oh god, his dialogue <laughs> in like, this whole film. He's like, what? Yeah, and then we, then we get to see the video of Rotor. It's just fucking <laughs> hell. It's in with it's it's the it's without the um the outside skeleton and it's like it's made of plastic plates, um, sort of plastic tubing and what looks like Bret Hart's fucking sunglasses on. <laughs> it really is poor. It's so I'm just bad. thinking. You were really the pro whatever you said of the future. That's all you've come up with. Can you imagine being in that meeting, Ken, and they're saying this is going to solve crime, and it, they show you the, this video? <laughs> 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 it looks like um, a really bad version of the Iron Maiden fucking mascot. <laughs> yeah, and one of the really massive ones on stage that can hardly move. One of those as well, not the animated ones. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it's it's sort of stop animation. It's doing all these yeah. stupid fucking movements. Yeah, it's just Doctor Steel from Houston. Uh, it's it creates a, it's of an unknown alloy. And it's like how can it be unknown? They've made it. That's Somebody's made missed. the bloody thing. How yeah. can it be an unknown alloy? That's, like, that's likely, isn't it? They're going to make it out of something they don't even know what it is. Yeah, and then they said, "Watch this," and then they show it moving really badly again, and you think, "Yep, yeah, that's shit." Yeah, yeah. It's like maybe use something else. To be honest, there's a woman scientist that says, "How does it move without gears or motors?" I mean, I get around, but I ain't seen nothing like this. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck does she mean by that? <laughs> yeah, she's seen all kinds of gears and motors. His response says that his chassis has been issued a prime directive. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> it's just sheer nonsense. <laughs> This is just people. None of them are actual scientists. They're just all sitting there just making stuff up to impress each other. His chassis has been issued a prime directive. That's why he hasn't got gears. Yeah. 
I like yeah, it. He's got, yeah, they, they mentioned Jargon University, which I, I assume is a joke. Yeah. But I'm not so. entirely sure that they've got that in them. I like uh, the guy. He says he can do anything from Tai Chi to full combat. Yeah. So what's the point of a robot that can do Tai Chi? Yeah. What the fucking use is that? Do you know where he's from that asked that? I wrote it down. He's from the University of Malibu. <laughs> All <laughs> he's, right. He's got a bit of sunblock on his nose, <laughs> surfboard he behind him. Got there via the Malibu Express, of course. Yeah. Um, I like there's a that I wrote this character down as scientists failing to grasp basic concept because he says, God only knows this is spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> but we had, we had uh, I remember when our intranet at our old job changed slightly. And uh, somebody wrote on the comments section, wow, that's amazing. This new intranet format is transformational. <laughs> and it was like, what does that mean? Yeah. And, and I just thought, you suck up. Can, can you remember? There was... <laughs> I know that's what somebody wrote. It's transformational. And I was like, it's just slightly different color. It just looks a <laughs> bit greener. There's nothing else is different. Can you remember um, there used to be like a, a little comments, like a little group chat section yeah it's full of uh, american counterparts for our company yeah i think this guy was american the yeah. transformational guy and they were all just ended up quoting judas priest to each other they're talking about the competitors and they said to quote judas priest you've got another thing coming yeah and they all started quoting the lyrics from songs to each other old rock and rollers <laughs> it's alive it's alive it's alive yeah so anyway the the guy's quote that i've got here is um God only knows this is spectacular, but what exactly are we dealing with here? <laughs> He's not been listening for the whole of the thing. It's just another excuse to tell us nothing in a long and like whimsical fashion. Well, I wrote I wrote a lot of this down because I just really enjoyed what the hell he was saying. Yeah, he I, says, I do. I think the dialogue's brilliant because it's so pointless. I love these names, Cold Iron. <laughs> Cold Barrett, I- Cold Iron. Cold too. Iron says, molecular memory and learning... All it needs is a supply, a current of electricity as a cas- as a catalyst, an induced simulated brain impulse. In this case, a command. The metal itself can learn, so it doesn't need gears, motors, and tubes. Yeah, woman. Yeah, <laughs> who's been around a bit. If you ignore all the uh, the motors and and tubes that's actually on the thing, <laughs> you actually look at it. There's nothing but tubes, to be honest. Most of that cardboard tubes as well from the middle of your toilet roll. And then my, I've got it down here as my favourite, the overweight dramatic scientist that says, well, who are we to create such a thing? Heroes and villains? <laughs> <laughs> and then Coldine gives him a stare like he's Rick Douglas. And he says, the only difference between a hero and a villain is the amount of compensation they take for their services. At our pay scale, I'd say we're heroes. It lightens the mood. <laughs> It's basically there just saying, so you should all pretty much just become villains. You get paid a lot more. Yeah. You wouldn't have to listen to me speak all this rubbish about a shit robot. I like the, the, the outraged woman, which I think is the same one from before. She says, what are you planning? High tech rock and roll to the rescue of civil law and order. Dragon sound. <laughs>
Aldian, I can't even believe he says this, he says, you're on my wavelength, my wavelength and you're right. I've often thought if our creation is going to rescue society or destroy it. <laughs> he says this at the bitch. I think Dr. Frankenstein must have felt the same way. He was full of fine intentions himself, you know. Only he tried to harness death and we're trying to harness life. He is aware Frankenstein is a is a novel. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, not real. It's not, it's not real. It's not a biography. And he was also trying to harness life, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Because yeah, he was creating death. life yeah. from death, which is, you know, it's yep. got nothing to do with this whatsoever because there's no life in it already. It's not dead because it's never existed. God damn it, Cold Iron. Read the book. Yeah, he says, remember, mankind is mad on genocide, self-extermination. I'll show you the only remedy, which is... Uh, Which is his ass. He just gets. He just drops his trousers and like bends over. Yeah, <laughs> says right there. Starts slapping his buttocks. Yeah, says there's the remedy for you. Have <laughs> that. Yeah, take it once a day <laughs> with a glass of water <laughs> and a pinch of salt. <laughs> he gets a phone call and we get another reminder of the location and time. <laughs> the, guy, the guy that interrupts him. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> absolute bloody idiot. <laughs> it's like, it's like he's not sure what the hell's going on, isn't it? That's his assistant, <laughs> second in command. That man, put some respect on his fucking name, will you? What's his name, Doctor Fucking Howitzer? Doctor Idiot. Yeah, that's his name. Um, it's Michael Hunter. That's who we meet now. Yeah, he's, he's on the phone. Yeah. He's, <laughs> the thing is, he gives us another bit of dialogue. He says uh, the the commander's on the phone. And he says, why has he had another bowel movement? (laughs) (laughs) He says, uh, that guy was 39 years old when he realised gravy was not a beverage. He's like, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? And then then we get introduced to uh, the bugler himself. Um, (laughs) I've written can of Coke. I think yeah. he's got a can of coke he on his it, desk. Yeah, 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 a can of coke as yeah. he's chatting. Yeah, and he, um, he's pissed. He's pissed off. What, what he does, this this commander bugler, is he asks questions and then he answers them, mm. or he or he asks. Yeah, he's, he just he's, it's an awful conversation, really. He he starts with, "Do you know who rang me?" And he doesn't uh, he doesn't wait for an answer. He just tells him. Then he says, "Do you know what he asked?" <laughs> and then he tells him what he asked. Then he says, "Do you know what I said?" And he's like. <laughs> What the, what's the point of this, Commander? <laughs> I like how throughout yeah. all that, um, Coal Iron has a look on his face like, who the hell is this yeah. on the phone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cold Iron's just not bothered. They're not bothered about any of these questions and answers that he's been listening to. <laughs> Cold Iron. <laughs> and then he says, uh, the like, wanton, the big boss. Yeah. <laughs> he's demanding, demanding the product in 60 days. Cold Iron says it's a four-year prototype. Yeah. What? We've just seen a video of it. It looks absolutely fine. I like how he starts to get emotional at the end there, Bugler, because he says uh, he got cut out of the loop like a stupid paper jerker <laughs> or a peasant. <laughs> that's, that's his line. <laughs> yeah, you can see why. If Cullen Blaine they didn't write this himself because somebody else was better at writing it, Imagine how bad he would have been. Imagine the dialogue we'd have got if he'd done it himself. Bugler's so angry, he starts eating his cigar. <laughs> yeah, whereas Cold Irons remain totally impassive throughout. Yeah. And he says, 60 days, you fire me. Fire me and I'll make more noise than two skeletons making love in a tin coffin, brother. 
Coldine does say, uh, he, he threatens uh, sacking him, doesn't he? And Coldine yeah. says, now, why would he do that? And Bugler says, <laughs> no, he says, um, he says, for the same reason a dog licks itself, boy, because it can. Because it's got a dirty anus. And because he's got a hold of me in the same place. It's like, oh, what is licking your balls? <laughs> the hell are you talking about? Yeah, I got balls for you right here, says the robot. <laughs> clack, 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 clack. <laughs> he goes on for ages telling us the sort of intricacies of the deal with the mayor and the senator. Basically, the senator was... Um, He's relying on this project to boost his presidential campaign, I think. Is, oh, I don't is know. The... It's, all, it's all rubbish, isn't it? Whilst we see a little robot on Cold Iron's desk just <laughs> going back and forth. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck that is. It's because he's a robotics doctor, isn't he? He's got a little robot. He's a little yeah. pet. Little Tamagotchi. Yeah, he says... Um... <laughs> I've written it down here. He says, and if there isn't a product by 60 days, Bugler says, then the mayor, myself, six other high politicals, and, oh yeah, yourself... As well, all go to state penitentiary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why Coldine would go. Yeah. What's he done? He says, your holy grail gets turned into a public journal with your name printed on a target at the bottom. What's he talking about? Why are they all going to prison? Yeah. Why is everyone going to prison? He doesn't explain that, is it? I'm not sure why. It's like this is, he's just sat in a room full of other people talking about this. It's not, it's a secret. He says, uh, you work for me, Cold Iron, get it done. And Cold Iron says, that's about as far as you're going to stick it, Earl, which was actually Ken's debut film. <laughs> <laughs> film title. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, take the job where you can get it back then. You may be so crooked, you got to stick your head on, but you ain't pulling my strings. <laughs> what the fuck does any of that mean? Just, none of it means anything. He says, no, Cold Iron, I'm pulling your pud. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, he doesn't. He says, I'm pulling your plug. You're off the project as of right now. <laughs> and Cold Iron says, Let me tell you something, mister. You fire me and I'll make more noise than two skeletons making love in a tin coffin, brother. He says, but you, you're a self-made man. I quit. You run the project yourself and good luck. So he said to him, if you sack me, I'll go to the press, but then ends up quitting himself. And then just quits and walks. He's out of there. He says, who's your second in command? And Cold Iron says, Dr. Howdling, my assistant. He says, I'll give him the keys and don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Oh, it's such incredible dialogue. That scene goes on for forever. Yeah, yeah I've written it's a painfully long call. Yeah. Um, cut to Cold Iron, he's walking out the place. He's stopped by a sort of dancing security guard who asks him to go sniper shooting or something. Yeah, just go to the range. Yeah. Cold Iron gives him the rollicking of his life. <laughs> He just screams yeah, in his face. Yeah, he's not entirely sure why he's doing this, is he, the other guy? No, because <laughs> he's, he's not been party to any of that prior conversation. Yeah, he literally shits himself. This, this <laughs> He's got a look of total horror on his face. I haven't seen horror like that since someone stared at a beam in House by the Cemetery. <laughs> That's where he hung himself, for God's sake. <laughs> it's this terrifying beam. Uh, he ends up ringing Penny again and uh, tells her that to leave work instantly. Immediately, leave work. Come yeah, and, and, and she can, apparently. She's got some incredible shoulder pads in this scene. Yeah. Yeah, she really has. She's really working those 80s shoulder pads. Uh, we get another... She, she's a, uh, is she at the Tactical Ops? Yeah. Yeah. She's a receptionist at Tactical Ops. Yeah. Did you need one of them? <laughs> oh, sorry, we, we get another location time reminder, and um, the robot cop thing asks Howdling how his uh, phone call went, because he had a phone call with Top Brass, with Bugler. With the Bugler himself. It tells him that Cold Iron's fired. He has 60 days to deliver the project. And if not, then Robot Cop is Project Chief. 
<laughs> Third in command is a fucking robot with a hat on it. <laughs> so, um, what did uh, Division Commander Bugler say? Cold irons fired. I'm Project Chief now. Huh? <laughs> I got 60 days. Uh, 60 days to what? Well, to deliver product. And that's impossible. It, it can't be done. Well, what if what if you don't deliver? Then you're project chief. Uh, you uh, you gonna finish those fries? And then some horrible music plays as well. Then he says, "Are oh, you gonna finish those fries?" Oh yeah, he does. It's a robot. That. He's yeah. not eating fries, is he? Where's he gonna? This robot. Then? This robot pissed me off all the way through the film. <laughs> he says things that are not possible for robots to even do. I don't know, I think it's later on where he asks somebody for their phone number. What's he going to do with it? We, we get uh, some terrible music playing and we watch Cold Iron on his date with Penny. Yeah, I think he, it's, they go to Crockett's <laughs> for some lunch. I think it's absolutely beautiful that they've got the same haircut. I think that's a, a, a nice thing. Cold Iron and her both have a, a nice perm going on. But what, what's the point of this scene? Why are we seeing them in it? It's like a montage. We don't even hear what they're saying. Yeah. They're just like having a dinner together while some walking. music plays and they're walking hand in hand. And you think nothing, nothing happens. That's just the whole scene. That's all that is. It's just that with music over the song. It's like a lovely song. Yeah, we get a scene of Howling and uh, Willard, which is the robot car. That's the bloody one, yeah. And they're arguing over how to proceed with the project. The, the robot here gets way too many lines. Like, I can't even understand what he says. At one point, this is, uh, what do you think this is? A low-budget sci-fi flick. Yeah. Yeah. And then, they, and then they might as well just turn at the camera and go, huh? Yeah. We know. Well, and here we get the, the, the greatest character in the film. We meet Shoe Boogie. <laughs> He's a jive-talking Native American janitor. <laughs> I I actually wrote Shoe Boogie with a question mark because I was thinking I can't possibly be right <laughs> what I've written down. You know, I've started it off with idiot dancing. Yeah. Shoe Boogie question mark. There's a woman doing some science experiments, pouring one test tube into another, and he. That's pretty much all we did at school, to be honest. Yeah, he that comes, is science. He comes dancing in and he says, "Say, baby, slide me them seven digits." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I think means give me your phone number. Yeah, I think that was what it meant. I, I mean, I, I've it's been a while since I spoke jive, but I think that's what he's talking about. She ignores him, and he calls her a racist. <laughs> Quite right, too. <laughs> if in doubt, he puts his headphones on something that he's not supposed to. We know that because we get a little um, yeah, whatever I, it is. I don't know what it is. She says to him, "You're not Indian." Look at these cheekbones, baby. Either I'm an Indian or I'm a sissy. And well, since uh, I must be an Indian. He gives us another common phrase as well after a while. He talks about a blood eagle. He gives us some chat about the blood eagle, which is, is totally useless now, but it's for later on. Yeah. The blood eagle is basically where you just spread somebody out and just rip them to pieces. I thought that was when you bled from your arsehole. <laughs> That's a blood orange. Mm. <laughs> Sorry about Don't that. Don't get yeah. those two mixed up. Yeah. You can tell you're not a Native American. <laughs> He tries to flirt with her by telling her his ancestors used to allow captured enemies to choose the way in which they wanted to die. And surprisingly, it doesn't work. And she ends up telling him to go piss up a rope and walks <laughs> off. Yeah, nobody would choose Blood Eagle. Blood Orange. Nobody would choose that. Death by Blood Orange. <laughs> Painful anus until I die. Death by, uh, by Blood Orange was another one of Ken's <laughs> earlier films. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I was only a, a cameo in that one. <laughs> <laughs> he was the blood orange. <laughs> and introducing. <laughs> <laughs> he uses a little switchblade comb here. Yeah, he's got a flick comb, yeah. Uh, he, he, after he's after he used the line, once you go red, you never get out of bed. Oh, which man. is a classic phrase that... Uh, Often, often crops up with Native Americans. Is that something to do with Blood Orange again? Is it? I think, yeah, that was the tagline of the <laughs> film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He uses the comb to pick his headphones up off the, the apparatus and it shocks him. And then we get some red and some smoke and quickly cuts before we see anything going on. Yeah, but it looks like Rotor is waking up. That's 33 minutes into the film Yeah, before he's even like, on screen. Yeah, and, and he's before he's actually really on screen, I was going to really. say it's, it's, actually, it's just yeah. like some sort of like uh, energy bar, like from a video game, sort of like increasing, decreasing, whatever it is. Yeah, Thursday, four p.m. Coldine and Penny, they've been shopping, but then she asked him to go shopping again. Do you know they've been they've been talking about steak right for since the previous scene. They're still talking about some fucking steaks for tea. And they are fucking massive. They're huge. There is no way is yeah. she eating one of them. I don't yeah. think he'd eat one of them, unless it's just that. With no, with no, yeah. I mean, but then again, he's got carrots in the fridge, so, you know, he's not, not eating them without the garnish. Yeah, she says, yeah, we're partners, and goes for a, a low five, and he just puts the steaks in her hands. And then she says a very odd line of, never a black eye around when you've got a steak. Which uh, I think he could have just left hooked her straight away. So there you go. Sorted that out. Knocked her to the floor. So obviously not. That would be violent. That would for be no in the, reason. That'd be in the Tarantino cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope he does make a, do, a version of this. I actually misheard the line and thought she said never a black guy around when you've got a steak. And I thought, <laughs> what the hell is she talking about? Shoe boogie. <laughs> Where are you, shoe boogie? Here he comes. Say, baby, slide me them seven digits. This is one of my favourite scenes here because Cold Iron suspects a robbery. He's got no evidence that there is a robbery going on. Yet he goes over to someone sitting in, in the car, shows him his gun, that guy drives off. That's right, yeah, he's gone for some charcoal, hasn't he? Because even yeah. though they've finally bought those steaks, they've got no way of cooking them because he's a fucking idiot. He's mm. just been to the shop. That's why he has to go back to the shop, yeah. Even cold. though they went together. So yeah. they both forgot the charcoal. Yeah. Cold, anyway, yeah, this cold time... Cold iron, he, cold barbecue. <laughs> oh, nice. He's strictly solo on this trip, yeah. and it's for a reason. Yeah, he sees just a young lad in a in a sports car and just assumes he's robbing the place. So goes up, threatens him, asks him for some change for a dollar. He hasn't got it, so he shows him his gun. And then he ends up just attacking the man who's on the payphone. Yeah, yeah, it's just a guy on the phone and he beats him up, assuming he's part of it. Yeah, I don't know if like the director assumed that we would know that there was a robbery going on, but you're not really shown that there's a robbery going on at that point, are you? No, then, but he's a cop and it's the 80s. If anyone else is there... And not shopping. You know, you can't drop somebody off at the shops. Yeah. You're a thief. You're a, you're a getaway driver, if that's the case. Especially if you're a youth. Well, thankfully, his hunch is proven right, because there's a guy who's just edging out of the shop. <laughs> it is a good job, because he's just beating a bloke up. You literally just he's just He's told one guy just to get out of there, even though he might have been waiting for his mum. Yeah, he basically he gets his gun out, wraps it in a paper, and beats the guy over the head with it. And then, uh, yeah, the guy... The guy um, Edges out, and he's he's supposed to be Mexican, I guess, but I don't know. I thought he was Chinese. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I don't know. We don't. We're just not sure. He's definitely uh, not white American, though. No. Viewers, <laughs> so you know, he's obviously a bad guy. He's got the um, the woman at gunpoint. He's got her in his arms at gunpoint. And he says, "The car? Where's the car? Hey, Blondie, what did you do to um, 
Cold Iron. Cold Iron, he puts his brown aviators on and says, Easy Greasy. Easy Greasy. <laughs> Which I think is some sort of like um, kitchen cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why he's at the shops. He's yeah. <laughs> just reading out his shopping list to him. He says, okay, white boy, you get to watch me blow her brains out and splatter all over the ground. What you gonna do? Stop me? All you got is a newspaper. Yeah. Why is he talking so much? He, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why isn't he just shooting her? Like and why would he also shoot her? What's the point of shooting her? Yeah, exactly. He's just escaped with whatever he was he was robbing. I don't know if he did. I don't know. Cold Iron. He seemed to have anything in his hands, to be honest. No, Cold Iron says, I got more than a newspaper, and you get to guess what it is. Yeah, not really. Like pun, I was thinking it'd be a pun or mate or something. Is it, you know? the, is it the funnies section? Yeah. Is it the magazine that came with the newspaper? He says it's the weekend. Yeah. He says I got a newspaper, the blood newspaper, <laughs> <laughs> and he pulls the gun out, shoots the guy in the head. And I was actually wondering all through why does this girl not look like she's even interested in what's happening? It's because she's a fucking martial artist. <laughs> And his mate who comes out, I don't know why his mate didn't leave with him. <laughs> like he edged out with the gun and his mate's still robbing stuff. He's just in the shop helping himself to sweets. <laughs> and he comes out and uh, she ends up just kicking the shit out of him. And yeah. I was thinking like, oh, she's obviously like the sidekick for the yeah. rest of the film. But no, she's, she's got not nothing to do with it. She's got nothing to do with this film. Yeah. She didn't even know they were filming. It's ridiculous. It ends with her sort of doing the Van Damme um, Splits. <laughs> boingy, boingy, boingy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Thursday, 8 p.m. Um, luckily, he's just got to sign a form and he's allowed to leave the scene. Yeah, yeah. So this, this is the same scene. We're yeah. at the same scene now, but it's now 8 p.m. Not sure what time he got to the shops because they didn't give us a caption for that. No. What time he realised he'd fucked the stakes up and had to go back. <laughs> the stakes were high, <laughs> literally. <laughs> but cold. Yeah. Yeah, and then we get to see a, uh, another cop. Is this is this, this who is you're talking about? This yeah. is him. This is Moki. Yeah, what a name! He'll sort it out for him. He gives him back his gun and he delivers a line. So don't get don't use that next time. Ambulance boys don't like picking up bodies with a pooper scooper. <laughs> I'm the pooper scooper. I love Cold Iron replying to the banter with, "I don't even like it even more." <laughs> <laughs> Clever. <laughs> I even don't like even more than he doesn't even like, like it. I don't like it even more. And that's it. And then he just, and then there's like sentimental music and a, a close up of Malky's face. And he, he shakes his head at him and he goes, Captain, I want you to know you did the right thing. Because <laughs> you ain't no street cop, are you? Why don't you go back to your nice little laboratory and stay there? And it's like, I thought this was supposed to be sort of touching. And he ends up giving him shit. And he says, You're right, Malky. And he says, let us boys handle the streets. Yeah. You handle the test tubes. Yeah, you handle your testes. <laughs> <laughs> I got some testes for you right here. Yeah. Clack, 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 clack. Get out of here, Willard. God damn it, Willard. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, just straight after that, obviously, when Moki walks off after his big scene. Uh, <laughs> he, um, uh, Introducing Moki. He, he gets his cigar out. Uh, Cold Eye and gets his cigar out and just says... Because if I don't handle the test tubes... The streets are going to eat you boys alive. Teeth, hair, and eyeballs. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not, again, we're not sure about what that is all about. But uh, 
I like the fact that a rampaging killing machine cop is brought to life by Shoe Boogie putting his headphones on its fucking case. That's yeah, what I like. That's the security in the police force. Yeah. I've put here 40 minutes in and we finally get yeah. the Terminator-style red POV. Yeah, I've got 40 minutes. Rotor awakes. Yeah. He, uh, he takes a, a motorcycle cop's uniform. I mean, they have a uniform for him, even though it's... He's got his own locker. Yeah. He's got his own locker already. Four years. He's not going to be ready for four years, but he's got a locker with his name on it, or his acronym on it. Yeah. Why? (laughs) Why would they do that? And he's like, his police number is 222, Rotor, if you're interested in that. 222 is, of course, the number of the shit. Um. (laughs) Yeah. It was a song by Iron Maiden. Yes. (laughs) He uh, he signs up for the policeman's ball on his way out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, somebody asks him yeah. if he's interested in signing up for the police. The thing ball. is, the thing is, Ken. You know, when you first see RoboCop, you're like, "This is fucking amazing." Yeah, like, this is this looks on Terminator as well. Rover's first, like the first time you see him, he's just walking through chairs like a fucking he's, doofus. He's, he's got a porn star moustache, hasn't he? He's like a big gold cock duster moustache. Um, I've he's, actually written that. I've actually written the words cock duster moustache. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think when he ignores the policeman's ball uh, invitation, <laughs> the guy says, what, you got your pecker caught in the plumbing? <laughs> Which I'm not sure what he means. Yeah. But then, yeah, yeah, he walks through. It's like a big showroom. I don't yeah. know why they've got a big showroom either. And, and he does, there's loads of chairs all set out, like somebody's expecting to be doing a presentation. And Rotor walks through them all instead of walking around them. Yeah. Walks through knocking the chairs around. It looks like he's going to fall over at yeah, any minute. We, we, yeah, it's just like somebody would have seen that and yeah. thought, what's he doing? What's going on with this guy? I mean, he's not signed up for the policeman's ball. He's not got his pecker in the plumbing. Yeah. And yet now this. Yeah, And then, then he goes, he walks through to the uh, motorcycle showroom that the police have as well. And uh, there's a, a motorbike all blocked off with Rotor written on it. Uh, I like how str- again, four years ahead of schedule, they've got him a motorbike. I like how he struggles to open the door to that <laughs> yeah. bike as well. <laughs> well, you think it would be locked. Yeah. I mean, four years, they're not going to use it for four years. Why is it even there, let alone just unmanned? Why has it got, like, electricity or yeah, why, fuel it, in it? It's got his name on it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so yeah, yeah, the Rotor cycle, it is roped off, fair enough. <laughs> yes. There's no lock on the door, but there's a little uh, rope, little like, there, rope like there is to stop people jumping the queue in a nightclub. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, um, it's no match for him. If I if I was in charge of this, I'd have put Joe Lara on the rope there, just to, <laughs> just as the bouncer. Just another person for him to beat up. It's, it's uh, Yeah, it, it's Rotor to judge and execute. That's written on the side of the bike, isn't yeah, why? it? Why? He's he's claiming that it's a it's a shock that he's gone mad, but that was that seems to always have been the point of him: yeah. judge and execute. Yeah. But then they claim it's to execute the the sentencing; it's yeah. to skip the middle bit. But you don't just write the word execute no. and hope that he understands it. I like how um, Willard name checks Terminator, doesn't he? He does. Yes, that's after Rotar eventually just drives off in the emptiest police car lot ever. Yeah, there's nobody else there. Yeah, yeah so, so he just gets away. Nobody notices him. Yeah, Willard. He's, he knows far too much human referencing to be a robot. I mean, we're not fooled by it. But yeah, he does throw in a Terminator reference. I mean, it's never a good idea to mention a much better movie in your own shit movie. Because all that made me think was, oh yeah, Terminator is good. Maybe yeah, it's much watch better that. than that, isn't it? There's a couple in the car. 
Yeah, this is Friday, 1.56am. Talking about nothing anyone cares about. So this then, was this the Friday of the morning of the day that we've already seen? Yes. Is that right? So we're catching up with the story being told. Yes. Okay. The guy says at one point, Ken, I'm not sure if I've written this down right because it doesn't look right, but here we go. He says, and look at you. You look like you got both eyes coming out of the same hole. Yeah, he does say that, yeah. What the fuck does that mean? No idea. What hole is he talking about? I'm not sure. Uh, it's not very nice, is it? No, it's not a nice image. No, it's not a very nice thing to say. In fact, he's so busy bollocking his wife for wanting to go to work, it seems. This is their honeymoon, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't notice that he's over the speed limit. Oh, man. Which gets picked up by Rotor. Of course it does. And she tells her husband to slow down. <laughs> and if you're interested, uh, this is the now the plot of the film. Yeah, he's, we're finally into he's the He's a little bit faster than he should have been, and that means that uh, the plot's sorted. Yeah. So everyone now must die. Yeah. Even though other people commit more crimes, this is the crime Rotor is interested in. We're 50 minutes into the film, we've finally got the plot. Uh, she tells her husband to slow down, and he pulls over, tells her to get out. Out of the car, out of the relationship, as yeah. far as she wants to go. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit difficult because now she's on foot. Yeah. But Rotor turns up anyway. He's... Yeah, because he gets out the car, doesn't he? He's, yeah. He goes round the side as if to like open the door, like yeah. get out. And uh, he tries b- uh, bribing Rotor with 20 bucks. And that'll teach him. you got to probably go 40 or 50 with Rotor because Rotor just shoots him in the head. Yeah, just shoots his head. That's it, he's dead. He gets shot shot in the head from the front and stumbles forward. Yeah. Grabs his badge that's on his jacket and falls to the ground. Um, Also, another thing I thought I was thinking was, what the hell does Rota say in this? I don't know. I can't understand a single thing he says. No, I'm not sure. I may have written something I've guessed at later on, but I don't know. Uh, He goes to shoot the wife, but she leans on the car horn, which hurts Rota's head. Yeah. Hurts his ears. Hurts his ears. Very sensitive ears. What a great unstoppable killing machine they've created there. He's a traffic cop as well. He's <laughs> yeah. specifically dealing with vehicles, <laughs> all of which are armed with these devices. <laughs> Even his own, you would yeah. imagine. What if he accidentally pressed the horn on his bike? <laughs> Just careers fall off. off. Roads, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. She. Uh, he stumbles back, and she ends up driving, reversing into him. And then drives off. So the unstoppable killing machine gets outsmarted and outmatched by a housewife. Yeah, a terrified woman. Yeah. Yeah, but he's, he's okay. He's back up. He's back up. He's back on his bike and he's in pursuit. Uh, she decides to pull over for reasons I can't even imagine no, why. Not sure, not sure at all. And Rota struggles to grab her through. I mean, if, if Rota could actually move like his. You know, his skeleton did look like in the in the uh, in that. Um, <laughs> He'd be dancing all over the place. Yeah, he'd actually probably be able to bend down and actually grab her because he puts his hand through the window and just stands there with it. Yeah, hoping that she'll just attach herself to his hand. Yeah, she drives off with him still hanging on, and uh, she ends up driving over like a, a curb, and he loses grip and falls off, and uh, outfoxed again by this woman. I mean, yeah. she's not she's not really Linda Hamilton, is she? Not quite. No, not at all. We've no. got, uh, right now, Ken's one of my favourite lines of the film. Oh, hang a second, because I think we've just skipped to Friday 3am. Oh, yeah, sorry, Friday 3am. One of my favourite lines of the film, it goes like this. Captain Cold Iron, this is Detective Sergeant John Mango. <laughs> <laughs> I've written John Mango, but then I've written with a question mark again, because I thought that's not a name either. What a great sentence. <laughs> 
have to, this is like a fucking yeah. film pitch we'd have come up with. Yeah, I've got it as well. Yeah, it's <laughs> Detective Sergeant John Mango. <laughs> Did Sergeant Mango and Captain Cold Iron. <laughs> Uh, they're ringing him to tell him that they found his ID in the hand of uh, of the dead husband, and he <laughs> and uh, Captain Coldan says, "Sergeant Mango, sit on this." <laughs> clack clack clack. <laughs> Take no action. Is that an affirmative? I didn't even know they could do that. They got his badge and stuff on on the on the scene of the. Is it Rotor's shooting. badge? It's Rotor's badge. That's no, his. It's, it's not Cold Iron. Yeah, it's, it's got his name on it. Garrett was it Barrett Cold Iron? How's Rotor got that though? I didn't even realize. I didn't even know. I thought it was Rotor's badge. I think it, it's, uh, it's it, well, it was his badge number, but it has his name on it. So maybe it's like, if found, please return to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if found on a murderous rampage, please call Barrett Coldiron. <laughs> <laughs> Barrett Coldiron, Doctor Barrett Coldiron. Back to the woman in the car, and she pulls over to use the the payphone to call the cops. She tells them her name, which is Sonia, and that there's been a murder and that a motorcycle patrolman is trying to kill her. And she actually gets in contact with Sheriff Mango, I think, or Sergeant Mango or whatever. Uh, she tells him where she is, but she can't stay there. I mean, I would have thought at this point telling her maybe car registration, colour, make, model might be a bit more yeah, helpful. where she's going. But she says, I'm here, but I'm not going to stay here, and then just puts the phone down <laughs> and gets the hell out of there. No, I mean, yes, look, he's a crazy cop. He killed my fiance and he's gonna kill me next if you don't get down here and help me. For God's sake, would you help me? Cold Iron, he, uh, oh, sorry, Rotor, he turns up and uses his sensor recall. Yeah, this is something that's useless, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he can see things that happened in the past even though he wasn't there. He takes off his sunglasses, sunglasses off, sensory recall implemented. He can see things that happened when he wasn't there. Yeah. How's that work? I don't know, they didn't even mention that he had this ability during... No, the... no, you'd think it'd be quite a big deal. You would have thought so, because he can literally look through time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that was the question that that woman should have asked. Yeah. I mean, she's been around, but uh, she's never seen anything like this she's before. She's been around the block, all right. Yeah, it's, it's an odd thing. But anyway, yeah, so he can see that she was on the phone to someone and then ran away, got in a car and left. So now he knows where to go to follow her off the road, but it's only one road anyway. I mean, it's just the same thing, isn't it? I don't even think Terminator had that ability, did he? No, Robocop could replay things that he was witness to, but that was because he, he was yeah, that's because he was there. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's all he had. But this guy you can see things that he wasn't there for. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing Rotor. He's better than we thought. He doesn't do anything with it, obviously, because he can hardly walk, but he's bloody useless in everything else. Yeah, Cold Iron gets to the lab and he finds that Rotor's gone. He keeps some shit in the PC and uh, we find out Rotor stands for something else. <laughs> Either that or he's at the wrong lab. It says uh, Robotic Officer Tactical Operation Reserve. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's nothing to do with research anymore. No. And when he finds that Rotor's out, uh, out there judging and executing people, he leaps into action by having a phone conversation with Willard the robot. Willard tells him about the malfunctioning PC, and Cold Iron tells him that Rotor's escaped. And then Willard responds by just resigning from his role. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do with Rotor after we programmed in Prime Directive? Uh, Dr. Cold Iron, uh, well, uh, sir, geez, uh, well, his last orders were, uh, why, is there something wrong, sir? Rotor's out. I see. Well, sir, I'd like to take this opportunity to resign my position in the company and 
So I don't know what he's going to do now, to be honest. No, there's nobody on, on, on the force now, is there? You think when he said that, he took his hat off and just placed it. <laughs> he just sort of like <laughs> nodded his head forwards until it slipped off. <laughs> and now he's working at McDonald's or something. Well, maybe he's gone to work for Rocky. <laughs> yeah, that's where he got called. So that so now he knows that he's out and he's killing people. He he rang Willard to talk to him. Is that right? Now go. And then he follows that up by another phone conversation. He rings Mango. Yeah, he says, Captain Coldiron calling Detective Mango priority. <laughs> <laughs> I would just put the phone down. Like, yeah, whatever. You'd just be like, what? <laughs> Bloody kids. Kids messing about. Mango tells him about the, the woman who rang from the petrol station. And then Coldiron springs into action again by making yet another call. And he calls Commander Bugler. I tell you what, if I, if I was Commander Bugler, that would be my ringtone. <laughs> yeah. calls- and I would make sure that everyone had that as their ringtone when I phoned them, so they know who it was. Don't ignore this call, it's the Bugler. Oh my God, it's Bugler. He <laughs> um, calls him about Rotor being an unstoppable on an unstoppable killing spree. <laughs> you got these quotes then. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> cold iron. You got your wish. Fifty-nine days soon. I just hope you can handle it. What are you raving about, man? You want a product? You got product. It's already killed once. What? Rotor. The men you put in charge, they activated it. It went out, put itself on active duty. Its last program was Prime Directive. Shut up, Coldiron. Prime Directive in 25, 50 years from now. Prime Directive to our rotor unit is judge and execute. It stops felons, judges the crime, and executes sentence. Justice served, C-O-D. He's literally just called him just to gloat about the fact that this is happening. He says at one point, it's like a chainsaw set on frappe. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think chainsaws have that setting. Oh, I haven't really? got one. You haven't been to Starbucks then, have you? <laughs> I haven't got one. But uh, I was going to ask you that because I've seen your... Ch- Ken's got a ridiculously long chainsaw. No, nah, it's, it's a hedge trimmer. It's totally different. No. It's a different animal. I mean, that <laughs> has got frappe. <laughs> but I don't think chainsaws do. <laughs> he says, when I bring him back, I'm ramming him down City Hall's throat. <laughs> he says he'd walk through a busload of nuns to get to a jaywalker without malice. It's like, what? This is Rotor. Why the hell has he built something that would do all this? Did you see what? It's like, this is something that he's built, and now he's saying that this has gone wrong. Look, and it's like, yeah, why build him like this then? Yeah, did you? Why don't you build him differently? Did you like Bugle as a response to to that? I can't remember what it was. He says, (laughs) (laughs) starts playing the the (laughs) Ravalli. It's a sad song. <laughs> the last stand. Damn it, Bugler. <laughs> There's no time for that. Bugler says, Rotor is not my problem. And he says, No, Bugler. I'm your problem. Cold <laughs> Iron. <laughs> Barrett Cold Iron. Rotor is not my problem. You're right, Bugler. <laughs> I'm your Sonia turns up at the the diner to hide out now. Yeah, yeah, she she's hanging out now there. She's uh, she gets in very easily, doesn't she? And then locks the door. Yeah, which is why it's not locked anyway. We don't know. You got a cook, haven't you? A fry chef. Yep. He's just it's just a kid. 
just some kid. He just keeps on cooking. Wet behind the ears. Yeah, he just keeps on cooking them burgers. He's not interested. Caldine is on another fucking phone call. His phone bill must be ridiculous. He's calling Mango. He's asking, where the hell is Sonia anyway? I'm out right driving, and it's only now that I've realised I should probably ask you that. Yeah, I wish I had sensory recall. <laughs> like that thing I've made that I don't know about. I've got. It looks like there's a waitress wearing a hard hat. In this suit, <laughs> yeah, she's she, got a helmet on. Yes, yes, uh, Sonia for coffee. Yeah, why? Why has she got a helmet on? Why is she wearing a hard it's hat? Just, it's just just the hair of the eighties, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, T- TV. I've put TV. Not sure what it says. Why I've put that? Yeah, well, you know, TV isn't. Yeah, I think you've said it all there, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Bring her in alone. Is something else I've written down. <laughs> Not alive, just alone. <laughs> have, I've written alone in capitals as well. Rota turns up at the diner and he walks through the same door. As, yeah, that's because he does his sensory recall again. Yeah, he sees her run through that door and he's like, "Oh yeah, that door." Yeah, same same door as Sonia, but this time the chef thinks, "You know, I'm going to fucking stab this man." <laughs> And just attacks yeah, him with a knife. Because he's a policeman, whereas the other one is just a woman. Yeah. He's in, he's in actually a policeman's uniform, so he thinks, you know what, I'm going to stab him. And yeah. Rota just pushes his head into the grill. Yeah, he's, he's like he's got crazy fake teeth as well, hasn't he, he that does, kid, yeah. for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. He's like got like cardboard teeth, yeah. but obviously not real teeth. Not That's sure what they're trying to do on that bit. I've said here, this is our first real look at Rotor in all yeah. his glory. And he it's, looks like the policeman from the village people. Yeah, he does, yeah. Yeah, but he, he does He does at least burn that idiot kid's face on the grill, which is nice. It's about time he had a bit of violence proper. He's not quite Arnie from Terminator, is he? No, he's not really that imposing, is he, that no. guy? And good thing his reactions are slow as fuck, or this woman would have died about three times by now. <laughs> Remember, of course, uh, that she was a passenger in a car that was going slightly over the speed limits. (laughs) (laughs) That's the crime that she hasn't committed. (laughs) She's not even broken the law. (laughs) But yet he will kill her. He will pursue her across country and murder her for crimes she has not committed. She outfoxes him by ducking under the table and running around the other side. I mean, can you imagine if Arnie got outfoxed by Linda Hamilton by running around the table? What did she do though to outfox him? Um, she made a massive sandwich, didn't she? I know that was um... no, no, no. She she put on too much hairspray and it clouded his vision. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. She no, dressed... she she just left the uh, the nightclub. I think. That oh was, no, that I know what, what she did. Him. She dressed as his mom. <laughs> she dressed as everyone's mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you say that on Twitter? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's true though. Isn't it, it is. Yeah. What did she say? Um, more than mortal man deserves. Yeah. yeah. It's just like look at the state of you. <laughs> She's dressed like your nan. She's got your nan's cardigan on. I like how when she runs out, she gets stopped by some hillbilly, some rednecks. And um, they decide to just, we're going to attack this policeman for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, that that does happen. Yes, three of them. There's yeah. three of them, isn't it? Yeah, there's um, two guys that just get taken out pretty the, quick. The, the first one's um, just a standard, I'm going to throw a punch. He, he throws it and the guy throws him off screen. The next one knows fucking karate. He sets a karate pose up. To which uh, Rotor does the same karate pose and then backhands him, <laughs> just backhands him like a like a bitch, just off the screen. My favourite one. It's number three. My favourite. My favourite is number three. He pulls his suspenders down, not like he's he's not Rocky Horror, but uh, he's got um, you know braces, braces in the UK. They're called braces in America. They're called suspenders. Yeah, he pulls his braces down and uh, rips his vest off, and then just starts posing like he's in a fucking muscle man competition. Yeah. He's got 
muscles. Fair dues to him, but it's uh, that's not how you win fights. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to lift Rotor up, and Rotor ends up um, just slapping him just, to the ground. He just slaps him twice. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the end of him. <laughs> then steps over him as yeah. he gets out of the... Yeah, I'm not sure why everyone's so keen to fight this policeman. Why would you? Because it's, it's it's against the law, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if you're walking in somewhere, if this there's was a, a real policeman, for instance. Like, nobody's nobody's thinking. Oh my god, look, it's a robot in a policeman's skin. Because he's he's full skinned. He's not he's not a robot. He's a man. Well, and that's the thing with Terminator Two. They played it to the advantage of he's a policeman. You're not going to attack him. Yeah. You're just going to let him do what he's doing. No, but th- these people attack a policeman at every opportunity. They do, yeah. And uh, Rota, he checks the car. She's not in it. Um, I don't know why he doesn't use his sense thing again, to be he, honest. He seemed angry about this as well, even though he should be emotionless throughout. He, yeah. sucks, he hits the car seat in, in frustration that she's gone. Yeah, shouldn't have that emotion. No. That's the one for Cold Iron to be looking into <laughs> when he gets back to the lab. Yeah. Sonia, she gets a random stranger to help her. Yeah, again, which is against the law, I believe, in... in um, Impeding an impeding, investigation, yeah. impeding an investigation, yes. Uh, but I believe that is against uh, the law. I don't even know how he knows that she's being chased or anything. She just runs into this um It's like court. a little kiosk, isn't it, now? Well, you say kiosk, Ken. You think being a bit fucking... Um, <laughs> it's, it's a fucking crate <laughs> with a hole cut out of it. <laughs> yeah, it's got glass on it. You know. it's, it's made of balsa wood. <laughs> It's got a trap door, apparently, yeah, through the yeah. cement floor. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what every good kiosk's got a trap door. <laughs> yeah, because it's quite ov- quite often you go into a petrol station, you see a wooden kiosk just by the just pumps. Just nearby, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah Rota comes so over. So he does use his sensory recall, sees that she's gone to approach the kiosk inhabitant. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then he just smashes through the glass. Yeah, he pulls him through the glass, doesn't he? Yeah. Which is probably the best thing in the film, to be honest. Yeah, it's in slow motion, and we get to see it a couple of times as well. Is, is Rotor's walking in slow motion? Because when he walks across the forecourt, it takes forever for him to get there. I don't know. I, I'm not, he walks so slow. I'm not sure he's supposed to be in slow motion. That's not going to help the police investigations, <laughs> are they? Yeah. Then she meets a guy in a truck who also wants to help her. Yeah, anyway, she she gets away because he, he just reaches through again rather than actually just yeah, going like, in. Almost like it, the film should have been in 3D or something because he yeah, reaches yeah, towards it's, it's the re- camera, yeah, doesn't really he? Is, it's, yeah, I had my 3D glasses on just in case. Yeah, well, you always do, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I've got them on now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know if she got out of the trap door. <laughs> don't you open that trap door. That's what uh, Rotor started singing. <laughs> Yeah, so so she heads off. There's a trucker with an incredible southern accent. Um, he he's also very willing to help this woman by shooting a policeman. Yeah. <laughs> he's willing to shoot he, the policeman dead to assist this woman. He doesn't know whether she's committed any crimes, but he will shoot a policeman dead just in case. Yeah, um, it doesn't work. Uh, he gets shot instead. Just instantly yeah. shot. <laughs> yeah, he's probably he gives us some line about stuff as well, and he just shoots him. Yeah, so sick of his bullshit. Yeah, she honks the horn at him as well, which obviously stuns him just enough for Cold Iron to turn up. Yeah, he finally knows. turns up. No idea how he's got a track on him. Yeah, and shoots him twice in the back. Um, and it looks like Cold Iron's fucked, to be honest, because uh, he, he gets up and starts beating the shit out of him. 
And then he pulls out a little antenna-looking thing. Oh, yeah, I've put, he shows Rotor some chewing gum. <laughs> yeah. <it laughs> or does. some shit, and he, and he stops. It looks like chewing gum with a little, like, tea yeah. thing so on Like a top. little little stick of chewing gum. Yeah. And he's just like, ooh. It you makes, know, he is a juicy fruit. He makes him forget about Goldeye, and he just puts him down and... Uh, um, goes after Sonya again. Who yeah, gets away in the who car. again is on. She's running off. She's gone yeah. again. It's the whole film's just her leaving. Yeah, honking the <laughs> horn and leaving. And uh, Rota gets on his bike to follow. And Coldine, um he calls up Sonya on her seat. Luckily, you know this is the time when everyone had a CB radio in yeah, their car. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's on the blower to her. Um, and Rota as he drives past, um, Coldiron shoots at the bike that does absolutely nothing. And he says to her on the CB radio, I think I crippled him, at least his ride. He didn't at all. Didn't no. even stop him. Didn't I even... think he says, eat this, you alloy son of a bitch. Yeah. I think that's what he said. I put a question mark after that as well. I think he said, ahoy, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he's a captain, isn't he? He thought he was in Jaws. Yeah. I'm going to need a bigger motorbike. <laughs> yeah. uh, so his plan, this is, this is the plan, Ken. Are you ready? Yeah. So his plan is to keep driving... Um, for hours until he goes and gets help from someone else. Uh, and they need to meet at 4pm at Kane's Fishing Lodge. Mm-hmm. It's 5am now, so she's got to drive around for 11 <laughs> hours whilst the robot killing machine is in pursuit of her. <laughs> what do you think? It's not the best plan, is it? <laughs> Surely it's not even the only plan they could have had. <laughs> That's the worst plan I've ever heard in my life. How was she going to drive around for 11 hours? She should have filled up at the gas station she was just at. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just dicking around in the restaurant, Instead hiding of... under a table. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I'll this tell is... you who's going to help. This is when Cold Iron yeah. makes a call to another ridiculously named character. He calls Dr. Corrin Steele. Yeah. He tells her that Rota is out. Yeah, but he doesn't get to do that because it, this is the machine she's not in. Oh, yeah. It's sorry, the answer yeah. machine. Yeah. Even though, what time did you say it was? 5am. 5am, she's not there. No, she's at the gym at 5am. <laughs> I mean, you'd, you'd be there. I mean, it'd be fine if it was just like, oh, yeah, well, she's asleep. But she's not, because then the door opens. <laughs> Actually, I, 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 I've gone ahead there, because uh, I've written down what her message says. <laughs> oh, yeah. It says... Welcoming. Yeah, what a threatening message that is to be leaving. It's uh, hello, dear. It's your mother. <laughs> and oh five forty five a.m. This is now. She walks in, and I've put she's got a badger on her head. Yes, she's basically <laughs> what she's got. She's got the same haircut as a uh, cold iron, the old tight perm, but she's got a, a white stripe through the top and yeah. then a white stripe on either side of her. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it referred to as the skunk mullet. Yeah, <laughs> which actually sounds quite disgusting. That does sound horrible. That sounds like a type of like rock music. <laughs> that actually sounds like some sort of sexual disease. It actually but, sounds like some sort of drug that you smoke. Yeah, but anyway, the skunk mullet. She's got, she's got that, or a badger. She's got a badger on her head. It depends, whichever you prefer. And she's got a jaw like China from the wrestling. <laughs> and she finds out that Rotor is out, and she drops her bag. She's just come back. She not not she didn't fart or anything. That's not a euphemism <laughs> for farting. <laughs> she she just got a gym bag with her and she lets go of it to the Rotor floor. is out. <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> yeah, better out than in. Anyway, yeah, so <laughs> that's our introduction to Dr. Steele. We had the um, verbal introduction earlier saying that it was some sort of unknown alloy that Dr. Steele had created. Uh, but now we get to meet her, and uh, what a character. That's the only bit we get to see of us. What straight. a character. <laughs> we cut immediately to Friday, 8.30am. So we're eating up the time now. and uh, I love how we're constantly reminded of the time. Yeah, it's just points. in case. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why, but we are. Um, Rotor apparently can't stand country music. No, he's at, he's at a garage and he hears loud music from the radio and he walks over like fucking Michael Jackson in the Thriller video. And uh, there's a there's a guy there who's working on a he's working on a car, the mechanic, and he says uh, there was an on off switch on that because uh, Rota just smashes it to pieces and then just goes back to working on the car like nothing's happened. And Rota plugs himself into the mains somehow. You get yeah, the, he grabs some jump leads, doesn't he? Yeah. Just recharges himself. You see the it inverts the color, doesn't it, on the film basically, yeah. which just shows that he's and uh, the mechanic runs away <laughs> saying this line. He says. He jumps in the back of a truck that is just driving away. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the film. Yeah. No, we don't know who's in the truck. We don't know. It's like we don't know if he knows that somebody's just jumped into the truck, and then they're never seen again. It's a very. It's. it's I don't know. I don't really get the point of that. Unfortunately for him, it's the Firefly family from Devil's Rejects <laughs> that he's jumped in the back, and of. he's off to be murdered horrifically. <laughs> Uh, fully restored, Rota, he hits the road, he's on his bike again. Yeah, he steals a bike, he, t- he takes one from the uh, the garage, so it's not his, it's not his bike anymore. Uh, Cold Iron turns up at the airport to pick up Steel, who's dressed like your mum from the 80s. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> she's yeah, lo- she but, but she's like, a bit bigger. <laughs> she looks like she's wearing like uh, like a, an umbrella. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, a, she's a bodybuilder, yeah. isn't she? Which is, again, unusual. It's unusual, really, to have a bodybuilding scientist so we woman. So we know Ken's uh, love of oiled-up, muscular that women. That is true. Where does this rank? Is this double impact? Oh, it's nowhere near her. Mm-mm. I mean, come on. That's Corey. Corey Everson. <laughs> He's bloody won awards. Not not Bridget Nielsen levels either? No, no. Not it, even China? To, to be honest, I'd, I'd put her as uh, bargain basement Bridget Nielsen. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'd put her. I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed her, her scenes and her presence. I'd, I'd put her as scary bartender at Weatherspoon. That's what I'd put her at. <laughs> yeah. Who's yeah, probably worked the door. But yeah. Asked if she could work behind the bar instead for tips. Cole Iron turns up at the airport to pick up steel. Um, they they uh, pull each other's proverbial pud about... I uh, think they both probably got one. <laughs> yeah. About loving each other's work. And uh, Steele gets a bit carried away, and she starts talking about rivers of blood and I've, streets I've, of fire. Yeah, I've got some writing here. I've got uh, just just like buzz phrases that they use. Uh, they use the combat chassis, which, yeah. uh, which I think is possibly something that turns Steele on. The brain matrix. Uh, I've also written, it's like uh, intellectual foreplay. Yeah, they're going through here. Yeah, yeah. That, then she goes on with. Uh, Except you're not going. You're not actually sure who's actually going to shag who in that scenario. <laughs> I'm pretty sure whoever it is would take it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wouldn't know either if I was with Dr. Steel. I'd yeah. be there thinking, I don't know, it's 50-50 on this one. <laughs> Cold I'm, iron and steel. It's 50-50, but I've worked so hard. <laughs> yeah, we get the uh, Streets of Blood, Cities of Fire, uh, The Edge of Destruction. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, okay. Nice to meet you anyway, finally. Yeah. <laughs> It turns out the little antenna is a deactivation key. Yeah, I've got that. I've got, it's not actually chewing gum. It is the deactive uh, deactivation key, and then they go blah, blah, blah again for a lot more. Yeah, I like how time's of the essence, but they, he does take her to the hotel just to you know get well, her settled in. That's because of the foreplay they've just gone through. Cold Iron says, can he be stopped? And she says, when I stack them, they stay stacked. Hmm. It's weird. I don't know what that means. No. She gets given the room 222, which is Rota's badge number, and she asks for another room saying, there's no sense tempting reality too darn much, because she's southern as fuck. Mm, I don't get that bit either. Apparently, um, it's <laughs> it's Cold Iron's brain that Rotor's got. Yeah, this is This is now, we find out now. Um, if If you fail, he fails. Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm gonna get got, any I've of got that. The, I've got the lines here. Cold Iron. He takes us. Uh, lets us. Uh, he lets us take a break. A break from this uh, breakneck pace to ponder the ethical quandary of it all, <laughs> which was something that, as a viewer, I was also thinking. Yeah. I was thinking this breakneck pace is all well and good. Th- but l- what about the ethics of it all? This line here, Ken. Did this make you want to just fucking punch yourself in the face? It says. He says a, uh, a brain without a heart. A conscience without recognition. A will without a soul. I'm just like, shut the fuck up, Cold Iron. He's looking out the window just shaking his head. And uh, she says, to combat pure will, you'll have to use pure illogic. (laughs) You'll have to allow yourself to fail. Use your failure against him. Yeah, similar to Star Wars. Is she talking? Except so theirs made sense, and that was in space. I think. I think she means he's got erectile dysfunction. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I think she might have. <laughs> That's why she's at the gym all the time. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Your failure is his failure. Your weakness is his weakness. Let the hate flow through you. <laughs> I don't understand it. So what are you saying to me, Ken? Because you seem to have worked it out, is that mm-hmm. he's put his brain in this rotor. He's connected. He's connected somehow. It's his brainstem matrix. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying the same things as them, and you're <laughs> nodding like this yes. is like we're in the film. Yes. Friday, 2.30 p.m. That's where we're up My to God, now. We are, getting, we are catching up now. Where's, where's, where is she? She's still driving? Yes. I've forgotten her name. Sonia. Sonia's still driving. Yeah, yeah, they debate scientific bullshit a bit more and theories on how to shut him down as they pick yeah. up. He says, uh, no, she says, sorry, you're the brains, I'm the brawn. Yeah. Yeah, and then flexes until uh, clothes rip off. Yeah. That doesn't happen, although I wouldn't have minded. That would have been a good scene. Jesus. Uh, they end up picking. You've got no idea, have you, what, what that attraction is? <laughs> they pick up uh, Rotor regularly on their tracking device. You know this tracking device that we've seen throughout the film. No, not <laughs> yeah. at all. No, that's Just, not been mentioned. But carry on, yeah. We see Rotor. He's chasing Sonya down a stretch of road, and a simple handbrake turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She swerves. Yeah. <laughs> he just drives off a cliff. <laughs> he literally just handbrake. She literally handbrake turns, and he totally flummoxes him, and he just drives straight off the edge of a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> you see him fly through the air. Couldn't look less cool if you fucking tried. 
with his, he had his fucking tummy out as well. <laughs> like his shirt's <laughs> gone up over his tummy. It's supposed to be a robot. <laughs> Why would they build a fat one? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he's just yeah. <laughs> he's lying there with his fucking his bike on him. <laughs> What's, what the you see him does? roll off his bike as well, like a sack of shit, <laughs> just in the grass. What Sonia does is instead of just driving away, she gets out and runs. Yeah, <laughs> so just carry on. She's near the fish lodge. Yeah, <laughs> that's why, Ken. She wants some lunch. Yeah. Cold Iron, he gives us and Steel a recap of the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, I put that. Cold Iron tells us the entire plot again. Yeah, and uh, they turn up as well, and they're looking for Sonya. And uh, uh, Steel says this line, I'm like a cemetery, I'll take anybody. Yeah, that's because he says, uh, do you know an Indian tracker? And he says something about, I, I lived at a reserve once, and she says that, like a cemetery, I'll take anyone. What does that mean? It means that's not good enough, but fine. All right. But they I'm not, not sure why. It's, it's full of phrases that are unnecessary. They needed Chewbuggy, didn't yeah, they? Anyway, off they go to, to track him. They see a, a footprint and she says, is it his? And Cold Iron says, well, it ain't Pee Wee Herman's. Which <laughs> <laughs> would is... have been good if we'd have panned out and it was. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> uh, Sonia, she's trying to get on a boat. For some reason, oh, they're going to meet in the middle of the lake. I don't think that was ever discussed, but uh, she tries to get on a boat, and uh, the, the rope that's attached is is taut, and she can't get away. And it's Rota; he's holding onto the rope and attempts to shoot her. But luckily, our heroes turn up in the, in the nick of time, and Steel ends up fighting Rota in the water. This looks like shit. This scene, yeah, it is very poor. Apparently, yeah, that's when they find out that she's an accomplice in a major traffic violation. That's that's the reason. That's the crime. Even though she's not, and it wasn't. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's the crime that she's been um, she's been chased for. She's guilty. Gold Iron's um, comforting Sonya by the car, saying it's all going to be okay. In the background, Steel is getting the absolute yeah, shit kicked they're, they're out. They're just of her. having a fight in the background, aren't they? Yeah. yeah we're she... focused on that. Um, it seems to be playing the psycho music at this point. Yeah. yeah I, I, I wrote that down. Is this the psycho music they're playing? Yeah, Coldiron tries to insert the deactivation key. With the phrase, this concludes the drill. Yeah. But it didn't work. Because Rotor pokes his gun up Coldiron's nose. Yeah. <laughs> right up there. Somehow he manages to move out of the way before he pulls the trigger. <laughs> Lightning quick reflexes. Coldiron yells at Sonya to help him set up some explosives, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, it, it's good actually because uh, Steel and... Rotor are now perfectly dry after having been fighting in the water yeah. and being dunked underneath. But now they're perfectly dry for more fighting. You get some sound effects, which I'm assuming is uh, Rotor breaking Steel's spine. But yeah, I'm not sure what that is either. I don't think when he shouts, throw me that bag, and then instantly catches the bag. <laughs> so yeah. It's like she was already going to. Yeah. Well, she'd already let go throw of me it. That bag. Ow! Yeah. <laughs> not that quick. Yeah. And she says, bag me one more minute. Because they're still having a fight. Yeah, and she ends up getting crushed to death in Rotor's yeah, vice she, grip. She, she does pull his chest open. Yeah. Uh, for some awful sort of like special effects. Yeah. Cold Iron says, come on, you monster. What's the matter? Using my brain to think with? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, he'd already have known he was going to say that if he was. Yeah. Yeah, so he needs to say anything. He just needs to think it. <clears throat> 
Cold Iron, he wrestles him for a bit as well until Sonya remembers the horn thing, you know, because it's worked every single time. But, yeah, I you know, forgot all about that. Yeah. And it's enough for Rota. When she she hits the horn, Rota steps into the rope. It attaches to his foot. Cold Iron lassoes his arm. Don't forget he's a cowboy. Yeah. Lassoes his arm, his head, his other arm. Um, and he shouts something indecipherable to um Yeah, I've Sonya. not got what he says. And uh, ends up, Roto just blows up. Yeah. It's it's um similar you remember the tree guys, remember the tree from earlier? Yeah, it's that sort of lasso. He he created some sort of explosive rope. (laughs) (laughs) Which actually sounds cool, Ken, to be honest, doesn't it? It sounds really cool. That's the kind of thing you'd need. Yeah. yeah. Explosive rope. So so he's lassoed him and then he's blown him up with some string and a car horn. That was what it took to defeat this unstoppable machine. Yeah. Yeah, and he, they pull him apart like the Blood Eagle. Remember that as well? Oh, my God, you're he's right. It's all come full circle. Bloody dancing shoe, wherever his yeah, name was. Shoe the boogie. Yeah, he's <laughs> shoe told boogie us all about there. it. Yeah, how would it be great if he turned up again? Yeah. With his headphones on. Just dancing without even realising what he's doing. Yeah. Enough! Do you understand? I said no more! Enough! No more! Uh, we cut back to Cold Eye and he's talking to some pencil pushers, you know, the ones from before. Yeah. We, we're, we're back in reality now. Talks about his ranch and he says he's leaving. He's leaving this place. He's going back to his ranch, his woman. Yeah, it gives him a little wink as he leaves as well. Yeah, gives us both. Gives me a wink. Yeah. Gave you a wink. Yeah, winks us both off. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> he's going to his car and he gets. He says, fucking... one day at a time. He puts the deactivation key on the desk and then he just walks off slowly to his car. He's going to his car and he gets fucking gunned down <laughs> like Carlito's way. <laughs> he gets a shotgun to the back. He's only going home. I was like, who the hell could this be? <laughs> it's fucking Bugler. Justice served. C-O-D. Yeah. God. <laughs> I put C-O-G. Uh, we get some epilogue shit about his nephew receiving a letter about how Cold Iron died in active duty and how brave Brett. he was. Brett Cold Iron. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Brett. He's the only heir of Barrett Cold Iron. Somebody we've not heard about ever. No. At all. Never mind his girlfriend. And uh, yeah, and then he also finds his journal, and we end up he ends up talking about human experimentation and too much technology. Yeah, and... too much technology will kill you every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been a great end credits. <laughs> Brian May had got involved, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then we get a shot of um, of Steel as Rotor Mark Two. <laughs> to be honest, Brian May could have played Steel. Yeah, could have played Rotor to be honest. <laughs> With what he needed to do. Yeah, and yeah, and she she's there, all beefed up, and she's Rotor Mark Two. I'd like to call her the Beef Pancake. What do you think of that? 
Yeah, I, I still find that a sexual name. Yeah, well, I'd I'd like that. Yeah, a beef pancake. Yeah, check out my beef pancake. <laughs> so yeah, she opens her eyes. The credits roll, and that's the end of Rota. <laughs> Last Thursday, my life was a hell of a lot simpler. The day started just like any other day. The fresh October morning breeze blew across the ranch. The cattle were coming in for the morning feeding. And a buttery morning sunlight painted a golden glow through the ranch house windows. If I'd known then what was about to happen, I'd have never crawled out of bed. I'm just the pieces of the man I used to be. Rain without a heart. Too many bitter tears are raining down on me. A conscious without recognition. I'm far away from home, and I've been facing this alone for much too long. A will without a soul. I feel like no one ever told the truth to me. I got a ranch, I got a horse. Bad growing up, and what a struggle it would be. I got a pretty girl. In my tangled state of mind, I've been looking back to find where I went wrong. And like you, I got a future. Too much cold iron will kill you if you can't make up your mind. Cold iron. Plenty of time to figure out what this means to each one of us. One day at a time. So, Ken, that was Rotor. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on it? I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, me too. It's um, it's fun. It really is. It's just fun from the start to the finish. It's ridiculous. None of the 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 lines from Cold Iron make any sense whatsoever. He's a ridiculous looking chap. He's got. He's got uh, cowboy boots. He's literally dressed as a cowboy through the whole thing, and yet he's supposed to be a scientist and also a, a detective. I liked him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was very reasonable to be uh, assuming that that's his character. Well, I got told about this by a guy at work, actually. Did you? Yeah, he asked me if I'd seen this film. I said no. Yeah, you you said to me, didn't you? Yeah. We need to do. Uh, we need to. And then, um, and then I found it and watched it, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I've not seen this! <laughs> it's an amazing film." Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, did you have a favourite character in it? Was it Cold Iron? I think it was. I mean, usually it's the muscly female character, but she's not in it enough. Yeah, she turns up at the end. Yeah, to fight and die. Yeah, and then to be brought back. I mean, if there was a Rotor two. Jesus, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I'd watch that, skunk definitely. Skunkhead. Yeah, Skunkhead would be the uh, sub subherb. But no, I think it's got to be Cold Iron. Just purely everything he does and says is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, It's not going to be Rotor, is it? Rotor can't be anyone's favourite character. Useless. What about Sergeant Mango? <laughs> Detective Sergeant John <laughs> Mango to you. <laughs> yeah, it's not Moki. No. And it's... Uh, it, it can't possibly be shoe boogie. 
Shoe Boogie might be my favourite. Yeah, I thought you were a big Willard man. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I hated that fucking robot. Yeah. He does. He says to a woman, how about giving me some of those seven digits? Like, which is what Shoe Boogie says. What if she had? What if he got her phone number? Well, What's he going to do with any of the information? What, are you going to go out on a date? He's a fucking robot. Take her to the carnival. And then what? Fuck her. What do you want me to say, Kev? How? <laughs> with his robotic dick. <laughs> with his clack-clack balls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he hasn't got a robotic dick. He has, yeah. He is a robotic dick. He's a dick. And a robot. Oh, my God. Yeah. And with that... <laughs> Let's move on with to the, Willard's robotic dick firmly implanted in our minds. Let's go on to the film pitch. <laughs> Better than elsewhere. <laughs> it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Okay, the the uh, pitch. I've had a pitch idea from Homicide Worldwide podcast, which is at hwwp10, and this is on Twitter. And uh, very, very uh, good promotion from uh, this podcast, incidentally. <laughs> They're better yeah. at promoting us than we are. Yeah. Uh, but they've given us uh, an idea. And it's, uh, of course, Carl Weathers, which big tick in the uh, in the boxes. Big what? <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> and they've come up with Carl Weathers playing a Chicago cop yeah. who carries a lightsaber instead of a gun. And his chief's always uh, mad at him for wearing the Stars and Stripes outfit from Rocky IV. <laughs> but they won't bust him because his conviction rates are so high. On the weekends, he moonlights as a golf pro, but he's a ghost. <laughs> what do you think to that? Oh, there's a lot going on There's there. a lot of information there. What's the name of the film then? Just Carl Weathers? Is I've it? got no idea why I'm writing Carl Weathers down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like he's not been in one before. So yeah, he needs to get involved in some sort of... Um... I think we've got robotics. Surely we've got a robotics. <laughs> robotics? Yeah. yeah. Surely Carl Weathers um, has a robotic friend. Yeah. Subordinate, a partner. His partner's a robot. Right. Right. So he's wearing his <laughs> Rocky Stars Four and Stars and Stripes outfit. His partner's a robot. But together... They have got the highest conviction rate of all cops in yeah. the world Yeah. per month. Yeah. How do they do this? Well, being the best goddamn cops on the force. What's the robot called? Um, Alan? No. Um, it needs an acronym. Give him an acronym. What I was about, thinking of Carl Weathers' acronym. I've got it. What about Robotic Peter? <laughs> Robo Pete. For mm-hmm. short. Does he call him Robo Pete? Or does he call him RP? So you got him, to abbreviate, you got to have nicknames, haven't you? He calls him Pete. Just just simply Pete, because he doesn't see him as a robot. Yeah. He's his friend. He sees him as near he calls him, he calls him Little Brother Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Who could play Robo Pete? Robotic Peter. Robotic Peter. RP. What about Peter Dinklage? Oh, you can have a dwarf robot. Yeah. Imagine the merchandise. Merchandising. <laughs> the toys. What? How? How would they make any more money than a normal-sized because, robot well, toys? Look, well, who make, what are kids buying? R2-D2 or C-3PO? <laughs> R2-D2 every <laughs> time. Are kids buying any of that? 
Yeah. I did. But... What about that ball thing in the new Star Wars? I've not seen it. If that was stuff. six foot tall, we'd be terrified of it. I don't know what it is. Me neither, but it's okay. small, so we're going with Peter Dinklage as robotic okay. Peter. Okay, we've got the Dinkle in. <laughs> what's uh, what's he going to look like, robotic Peter? Uh, just Peter Dinklage painted silver. <laughs> yeah, with a with hat. A, with, a, uh, with a saucepan on his head. With a policeman's hat on. Yeah, like a... a saucepan on his head and a policeman's hat on top. Okay. And English bobbies. Yeah, policeman's yeah, helmet. helmet. <laughs> yeah. Who are they against? Is 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 Dinklage going to go psycho, or is no. he just going to stay as his partner? Who are they against then? They've got to have a, a bad guy. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Who's the bad guy? What's the guy from um, Robin Hood and The Crow? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jeff and Michael Wincott. Wincott. There we yes, go. Jeff I get Wincott. there in the end. You see my process there. Yes. <laughs> Michael Wincott. Michael Wincott. That's him. Who's he playing? What's his character name? He's the bad guy, yeah? Yeah. He's got a great voice for a bad guy. Yeah. He plays... Is he a a robot? No. He plays Mr. Big Business. (laughs) Nice. That is his name, though, yeah? That's not just what people call him. That's his actual name. Yeah. His first name is Big. Yeah. (laughs) Has been since birth. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Big Business. Yeah. And he's basically trying to, you know, he's ruling the uh, the city with an iron, with a velvet glove. Velvet glove encasing a steel um, wire, steel dick. Yeah, that's his logo. <laughs> <laughs> that's his calling card. That's when you know he's he's done something. <laughs> he's right in the middle finger of the glove. And his robot's called Steel Dick. <laughs> He's got a robot. Yeah, he's like Colossus from oh, right. uh, X-Men. Just a big muscly silver fuck. Are you sure you don't want to call him that? What silver fuck? <laughs> muscly silver fuck. <laughs> yeah, actually, let's call him that. All right, I've written Steel Dick. Oh, now. no, let's go with that then. Who plays Steel Dick? Some muscly fuck. <laughs> we got Vin Diesel. No, he's not muscly, is he? He's I fucking 60 years old now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't see him. Uh, what about that guy from uh, the wrestling? The oh, big yeah. man. Oh yeah, that one. The big man, Braun yeah. Strowman. Oh, from the now wrestling. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant from the like classic days. No, no. What about Dame- Damon Jones from the old school wrestling, The Beast of Bugger Row? The Big Show. What a steel dick. Yeah. He's noticeable though, isn't he? Well, so's his dick. <laughs> Yeah, go on then. Why not? Yeah, I'll put him in. I'll put him in. Big the, big show as as steel dick. Yeah. Okay. What's happening? What they're doing? What the bad guys doing? Maybe. I don't know. What the fuck could they be doing? Come on, Ken. You're the ideas, man. What about something to do with money? How about that? I <laughs> <laughs> was oh, that yeah. for a wild idea. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. In that case, let's have it about um, money. Maybe they're gonna. Um, there's a, They're going to rob every bank at the same time in the city. There's only two of them. They're doing it robotically. <laughs> yeah. Have they got an army of robots led, no, no. led by the steel dick? They're doing it through some sort of hacking code. Hacking code? Yeah. Oh, so it's not real money? Well, what is? Oh, my God. Oh, that's that, Maybe that could be what Carl Weathers thinks about when he looks out the window yeah. like fucking Cold Iron does. Yeah. What is money? Is money even a thing? Am I money? That's the sort of things he asks himself. <laughs> <laughs> is robotic Pete? 
Is he money? I've heard people say that their money is that true? Can I sell them? Can I trade them in for perhaps a ham sandwich? Yeah, it's some good dialogue. Yeah, you know, he's just thinking. I'm he's, glad we're recording this. He's just, he's just thinking. He's contemplating. I tell you words. what, if we if we give the dialogue to Carl Weathers, he's in definitely. I'd love to hear him say that. Am I money? I'd love, I wonder how much Carl Weathers would charge for us to say, can you just read these four lines to put it in our podcast? It's robotic Peter money. <laughs> yes, Tom's gone. <coughs> oh, finally. Finally, it's uh, redemption. Oh. That's for me nearly dying at uh, Adam Scottkins. <laughs> what? Adam Scottkins? Scottkins is Adam Scottkins. Oh. Yeah, okay, yeah, I think we should. <laughs> I'm not sure Carl Weathers even on Twitter for us to ask him. He's missing every time we pitch him. I don't think he's even on. Am I money? Is little is robotic Peter? Can I trade him in for money? For a ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it opens your mind to more things, though, of course. The, am I money? As he looks at him and robotic Peter just stares straight ahead. Maybe with tears. Maybe the tears. Robotic tears. Yeah. That's the name of the film. Robotic tears. If robots could cry, why would they do that? Why, oh, why? Can't I? <laughs> That's the musical number <laughs> at the end by Carl Weathers Carl and Weathers Michael sings. Wincott and the big show all sing together yeah. whilst Dinklage just literally weeps. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! So what the fuck? What? Hang on. Let's fucking scroll back a minute. We've got robotic Peter who's Peter Dinklage dressed in a silver just, suit. Just sprayed silver. And then you've got Carl Weathers who's dead. Yeah, he's a Jedi. A dead Jedi detective. Yeah. So how the hell does he arrest people if he's dead? Through he, Dinklage? Yeah. Is that why? Yeah, he's connected telepathically. So Dinklage is doing all the action scenes. Well, Carl Weathers is there. Is yeah. anyone else dead in this? Uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be stupid. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't make sense, no, would it? No, no. We can't have a team full of dead policemen. <laughs> dead boxers from 80s films. <laughs> That wouldn't make sense. How do they stumble across this plot? That's what I want to know. Um, From a seance? What the fuck? Seance? Mr. Big Business. Goes to a seance. That's how he does his business. (laughs) Michael Wincott decides to send his um, his instructions on how to rob the bank through a seance. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Are his gang dead? No. They're still sitting around the table. You could have just told it to them, but they're having a seance instead. <laughs> they're all connected hands. <laughs> There's a candle and shit, yeah. Have we got any more gang members? Anyone else we can think of? Um, who else is usually a gang member? You've got... Um, what about Danny Trejo? Maybe him? I don't know if we'll get him. We could get him. No, actually, yeah, he'll pitch. do anything, won't yeah. he? Um, let's have him then, but not as a bad guy. Because he'd, he'd have to be quite high up, wouldn't he, in the in the gang? 
Yeah. So let's have him as a bank manager. <laughs> Absolutely not. He's an informant. <laughs> oh, man. I think he should be in the gang. As Danny Treasure. He plays uh, Jambon. Oh, he's French. Yeah. <laughs> From Ham. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Grand Jambon. <laughs> the big ham. <laughs> it's be confusing. I'm sure we could get him to say a, a few things in French. Yeah, well, qu'est-ce que la diff? Obviously, there's going to be some um, like uh, young youngsters who take the piss out of Ghost Carl Weathers and Silver Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't. I don't know, Ken. What you mean, rookies? Some wet behind the ears rookies. I think they know more than they. Um... Michael Sarah. Yeah, he's one of them. Michael Sarah and um, McLovin. <laughs> them two think they bloody know it all because they've been through, you know. The Academy. McLovin. McLovin's a cop. Yeah. Okay. What are their names? They're called Billy White Knees. <laughs> Which one? That's Michael Sarah. Sarah, yeah. <laughs> what have you come up with? <laughs> I've just written the name of the film. <laughs> just made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, that in the bloody news. McLovin can be called the quiche, the woolen quiche, because <laughs> he always wears a woolen woolen vest and eats quiche and eats quiche. Yeah, done. <laughs> can, you, can you just tell me what those two are called again, please? Can yes, I can? Yeah. You got Michael Sarah <laughs> as Billy Whitney. <laughs> Billy Whitney's and McLovin as the, the woolen quiche. <laughs> and they're the ones who were taking the piss out of <laughs> dead cops. <laughs> dead, dead Jedi detective cops. And silver painted robotic Peter Dinklage. What's the name of the film? <laughs> If robots can cry, why oh why? <laughs> the end. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. And with that, we bring this episode of the podcast to a close. Thank you, as always, to my co-host, Ken B. Wild. Thank you, yeah. So what did you think of this week's episode? <laughs> what did you think of this week's film, Rotor? Was it better than The Terminator? Was it better than Robocop? Let us know. The email address is badmoviecult at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you want to discuss this week's episode with other cult members, well, you can just by searching for the Bad Movie Cult discussion group on Facebook. All links will be available in the show notes. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can by simply leaving us an Apple Podcast rating or review, which is a massive help in getting us found by new listeners. You can find all previous episodes as well as written reviews of films not covered on the podcast on our website. That's www.badmoviecult.com. Join us again in two weeks' time when we will be back with another movie review deep dive and film pitch right here on the Bad Movie Cult podcast. Thank you. Dominic Lawton. K.
can be wild. Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult. Let me tell you something, mister. You fire me and I'll make more noise than two skeletons making love in a tin coffin, brother. <laughs> 